recording from the Stone Age this week. Welcome to Hand of Pod. discovered fire um, and the reason for this is that there's a power cut at Australian Downs flat which hit just too late for us to rearrange and record somewhere else um, as a result of which we are recording by candlelight without any internet access which is going to make it very interesting when we get to your questions later on um, and is also going to mean that we've been racking our brains trying to remember all of the weekend scores that have just gone with think that we've managed the important ones at least. I'm Sam Kelly and as ever I'm joined here by English Dan. Good evening. And by Australian Dan. Hi, I'm pretty glad you guys came around because it was quite scary before you came sitting here in the dark. Dan yes. basically called me as the power went out, he was sobbing, crying, you know, talking about boogeymen and yeah. I don't know what that was about. But yeah. When when you arrived he was hiding under the bed, right? Yeah. Yeah. Basically yeah. as he opened the door he just embraced me and you know <coughs> tears were running down his cheeks. It was it was quite emotional. Even tough guys cry in the dark. Well yeah. Yeah. Don't don't we all. Um and uh, another consequence of, of this is that the air conditioning uh, is out. And myself and English Dan, at least, have had to walk up 13 flights of stairs. <laughs> For which reason, we're leaving the door open. So if there is any traffic noise coming in later in the show, we, we apologise. I um, think we should just say um, our, our listeners should appreciate the monumental effort we're going to to make this podcast, you know. Absolutely. Really Walking up 13 flights of stairs, me and Sam basically crawled through the door. Uh, our dedication knows no bounds. No. Sitting here in candlelight. Um, Rather than talk about how sorry we all are for ourselves, though, I feel we should probably get on to uh, Argentine football at some point. That is what, what our wonderful listeners have tuned in to listen to. And there's quite a few teams sorry for themselves in that as well. Absolutely, there are. Um, and it's difficult to know where to start yet again this week, really. We've, we've had some interesting uh, results, but I think the one, the, the major talking point that, that we can't possibly forget about has to be San Lorenzo manager Ricardo Caruso Lombardi, <laughs> who did a TV interview yesterday and then left the studio to find that. Uh, um, Fabian Garcia was it, it is Fabian isn't it it's F something Garcia anyway I believe so yeah the, the assistant manager of former San Lorenzo manager Leonardo Madelon uh, was waiting about 50 yards down the road it turned out to collect his kids from school um, but Caruso Lombardi chased him in, in full view of a lot of TV cameras and uh, knocked the hat off a policeman who was attempting to stand between them which was most amusing and then tried and failed to lamp him um, but that's not quite what I heard um, yeah. <laughs> I'd heard that they'd had an altercation before which wasn't on camera and Garcia had actually smacked Caruso one uh, his eye was a bit kind of swollen and teary oh I see okay. so yeah the, the plot thickens I, yeah. I didn't hear this I managed yeah. to see the video today well, that, this is the same thing that confused me as well because it was basically all over every single Argentine news station football or sport or otherwise and the title at the board, the bottom was um, Caruso is being assaulted but all the video shows is him kind of manically chasing this guy down the street and throwing wild punches and which, which completely failed to connect as well yeah it, it was just hilarious kind of yeah it was hilarious he was the guy you know 
he's got um, a reputation in, in Argentina for being a they call it a vendiuma a smoke seller which is basically kind of you could say uh, bullshit um, he talks a lot of shit yeah, yeah talks a lot of shit and it kind of just summed it up that when it comes to going toe to toe he's the same because he's giving all the mouth he's chasing him down but when Garcia kind of squares up to him he does a brilliant kind of defensive boxing stance and yeah, he's actually like just it. retreating the whole time it's, if you can see the video it's it's well worth a watch the whole yeah, thing yeah he's got sort of a 19th century boxing stance yeah. like with his you know his dukes up and then uh, yeah he's sort of yelling at the guy and then but at the same time back, backing away yeah it kind of needed to be accompanied with you know a jaunty vaudeville tune and yeah, yeah kind of he was also like wearing his, his fancy dress shirt from the yeah. interview which was <laughs> unbuttoned down to his navel <laughs> in t- typical Caruso yeah. style and uh, yeah it was very very entertaining yeah absolutely it's, it's understandable perhaps if he wanted to take his frustration out on somebody because San Lorenzo his team uh, were somewhat surprisingly held to a draw um at home to Olimpo on Saturday yes or Sunday Saturday or Saturday um, which is failing to to beat Olimpo is pretty much the most demeaning thing that can happen to you in the Argentine yeah. first division this season and they they nearly lost of course I think yeah it was well, Olimpo winning 1-0 and, or I think it maybe even in injury time mm. yep I think Gelotti maybe yeah yeah yeah, it has to be said. San Lorenzo on the balance of play didn't didn't deserve to uh, to lose by any means. But um, all the same, the fact that they found themselves relying on a late equaliser was was one of the more surprising aspects. And of course, it also means that the the three results that we needed last week for Olimpo to get relegated were for Olimpo to lose that game, and for San Martín and Atlético and Rafaela both to win their games. And none of those three uh, came to pass. So Olimpo mathematically is still a first division side for another few days at least. Although they'll almost certainly be going down this weekend. Um, Atletico Rafaela drew 1-1 we think it was 1-1 uh, <laughs> we're trying to remember as we say with Belgrano I'm pretty uh, sure it was 1-1 another of the newly promoted sides San Martín de San Juan lost 4-1 at home to Arsenal de Sarandí mm. um, yeah fantastic performance from Arsenal they dominated yeah. throughout and took the chances that, that really was really impressive first, that was the first match of the weekend wasn't it it was, on the yes. Friday afternoon and then Friday Correct. evening uh, if I remember rightly it was on Friday Juan Sebastián Merón uh, played for Estudiantes somewhat surprisingly and set up the only goal of the game from a free kick yeah. uh, for Leandro de Sabato to head in to win 1-0 against Godoy Cruz Merón um, is he had to go off injured at the end of that game um, or rather during the second half of that game he was substituted but he was training without any problems today and yesterday um, and it looks very much like he's going to be able to play again at the weekend, which would be <laughs> incredibly surprising, possibly the shock of the season. In it's very interesting considering that a few weeks ago he'd said that Gordon, the Gordon Cruz game could well be his last mm. you know, ever in professional football. So, no, I think the problem is you know, his head and his heart kind of rule his body. So, if he wants to keep playing for Estudiantes and he's got even a tiny little bit of physical fitness, he'll he'll go ahead and do it he's very very committed to Estudiantes loves the club so yeah just tight well, now that he's in these last few weeks of his career um, he's not going to be so worried about you know doing longer term injuries he's, he's just going to play these yeah. last few games I think and but sometimes it can mean, I know there's been a few a few say, cases where you say that but these kind of players who do push themselves for these last few games they can actually themselves quite a lot of damage I mean right. obviously I'm not saying it's going to happen to Verum but it's not unheard of so as Sam mentioned, uh, yes, San Martín de San Juan lost, which meant, uh, which was um, Facundo Sauer, who we've talked about in recent weeks, was his first loss ever as a manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mask slipped, if you will. Um, 
meaning, yeah, like, uh, I don't have anything else to say there. <laughs> <laughs> well, me- meaning that it was it was his first loss as a manager, and that he's now, you know, people say that you learn more from losing than you do from winning. Losing four one at home has got to teach him an awful lot. So we'll <laughs> see how he bounces back now. I suppose yeah. who, who do they have at the weekend? Can we remember? Um, I can't remember who they have, but there were reports today of uh, two of the players fighting in training. Um, the Cantero and mm-hmm. the Brazilian player that they have. Uh, Robert Robert things are not uh, going too well there well, I think when you're down at the bottom you know if you get a couple of wins you can keep spirits up but as soon as a defeat happens people start questioning and you know because they're a newly promoted side every loss really does really does hit home kind of average points wise so yeah, I think it's natural you know it's going to be the tension building and it's yeah yeah, I think the thing is that Sabah will have known all along that it's going to be difficult to keep San Martin in the Primera um, this season. I doubt that his job will depend on it. Um, being a club from outside Buenos Aires, they've maybe got a little bit of an advantage in that, and that the media aren't constantly on their backs in the same way they are with even a lot of the smaller clubs within Greater Buenos Aires. Um, so I, I think he'll, he'll probably be given the chance to start rebuilding next season, even if they do go down. Um, you think so? You think that he was given the job with that in mind as well? Absolutely, yeah. It, it certainly helps that there are other sides sliding in like it now looks very much like at the end of next week, say, if, if certain results go the right ways or the wrong ways from their point of view. Banfield could be dragged into sure. um, into the relegation zone. They're, they're now within hitting distance for Tigre and San Lorenzo to catch certainly on in terms of their points over three seasons Dan would you like to tell the people how Banfield slipped further down this week well yeah I was at the, the uh, Clásico del Sur uh, Lanús Banfield uh, which was very entertaining in terms of atmosphere and everything on the weekend um, keep looking at that no, there's there's a very peculiar formation in the, yeah. in the middle of this. This candlewick is bizarre. She's managed to form yeah, some sort of. Yeah. It looks almost like a kidney to me. Yeah, right at the top of the wick. Is this how you grow kidneys? Our only entertainment. Yeah, I think it's a sign of, of how blessed hand and body is this podcast. But please, done. Um, no, going. just uh, yeah. Obviously, there was a huge. Well, uh, London won the game two one. They went two uh, 0 up very early, and they looked like to be all over Banfield. Um, then they sort of seemed to slacken off a bit and it was quite a poor game overall really and Banfield got a, a goal sometime near the end of the second half never really looked like uh, equalising that um, and the whole atmosphere was all about making fun of uh, Banfield basically and talking about them going down to the B everyone they would handed out sort of um, uh, posters with, with B on it and written in Banfield colours and there were ghosts and that kind of thing the usual <laughs> stuff you see so yeah uh Banfield will, will definitely be if they weren't aware of it now they, now they definitely will be that they're um, they are slipping into that relegation fight was, was there much we, we talked last week about Lautaro um, Bogato the, the Banfield young left back who was shot dead by a policeman um, was there much happening for him before the match in terms of well the there, there was some minute silence and it was reasonably well respected it's always it's almost never respected fully in Argent- Argentinian football you always you know there's always like uh, we talk, I was talking about with Dan during the week about I never really realised that it's, it started so they're usually singing along and then yeah know. for me I think it's more of um, 
it's more of a case not of the average fan because from what I've seen actually in uh, Racing Argentina they held a minute silence for Bigato as well which yeah. I thought was a nice touch and as I could see you know most of the, the regular fans you know who aren't part of the Barra do really uh, respect the minute yeah, silence yeah I don't think it's the Barra disrespecting I think it's they, they just really don't notice because they're all like usually coming in at that time yeah. and just sort of dancing around playing their drums Pro- uh, yeah maybe they don't even hear the announcement to be fair no well, yeah, I, I, I missed that because I remember we went to uh Certain to eight game. I think it might have been the Racing game. I can't remember. Um, on the weekend of uh, the 30th anniversary of the Falklands War breaking out, and of course, all of the matches had minute silences before that. And uh, it struck me that, considering what an enormous part those islands hold in the hearts of absolutely every Argentine, um, the minute silence could have been much better. Yeah, observed. No, I think it's just um, a case of not being able to uh, yeah. sort of organise it well enough but no in this case it was quite well respected I mean by the time people sort of realised it was happening it, it sort of turned into that you know slow applause kind of thing yeah. that usually happens so, so there was no kind of uh, tension caused by that or anything so yeah, I think London's fans were generally respectful and uh, before they started making fun of Banfield the whole match <laughs> about, yeah. about going down to the second division uh, and the match itself was in the first half at least Lanus were Back to something approaching their best, right? I mean, yeah, like I said, I mean, no, it was the second one. Yeah, Pavone with a lovely chip over the goalkeeper. Um, that, like I said, though, they really only turned it on until they had that sort of second goal, and you thought it might have been one of those um, derby matches or classicals where one team annihilates the other team because you know sometimes in a classical they they don't really take the foot off the gas; they just kind of keep going out and, uh, until they've scored six or seven or eight goals but in this case yeah that was kind of slackened off a bit they were obviously the better team, team and it was fairly poor quality match Banfield came into it a bit in the second half mm. but uh, yeah not a, not a memorable match in terms of quality or anything but uh, yeah another loss for Banfield another win for Lanos yeah. Lanos now out of, the, out of the cup of course so uh, they'll be concentrating on working their way up the table again yeah they won it they want to kind of confirm a nice respectable finish to to this class order and you know leave enough to build on for the next season I'm guessing that's the objective now yep I'm sure we won't see you know any coaching changes because it's a very stable club and yes they'll keep they won't panic which you know it's, I think we said before it's one of the best run teams in uh, Primera and this is where they're going to show it kind of well, there, was, decisions, there uh, was some talk before about how if Gabriel Schurra got them knocked out of the Libertadores, then it, his job could be in you know in the balance. But I think that was a few weeks ago, wasn't it? When mm-hmm. they were not playing as well in the league, and they've now definitely picked up in the last couple of weeks. Um, another side who and there's been talk of today about the, the rebuilding what they're going to have to do during the off season. Of course, Racing with yes. Luis Subeldia saying he's going to have to have a major overhaul of the squad potentially have to sit down and have a long think about who's staying and who's going uh, what did they do at the weekend Dan do you remind us yeah well I think what you just said that's putting it very very lightly the squad basically needs to be ripped to pieces uprooted replanted re-signed and done know grown back from a seed because yeah Racing uh, they were able to get a 1-0 win Two-nil win, sorry, against the Estudiantes the week before, which gave some hope that in on Sunday it was they they went down two-one to Argentinos. Kind of result-wise, it was a little bit unlucky because it was a, a smashing goal with 44 minutes gone in the second half to win the game two-one for Argentinos. But kind of performance-wise, you could never really argue with it. It was it was a bizarre wrestling performance. I mean, so when Dia clearly set up the team to attack and 
kind of go go for the game, go for three points. So, you know, I think there was three up front. Uh, you had Viola, Auchi, and Kalashiro, who actually had a fantastic game. But you had that with just no conviction to to go forward to to press the other team. You know, everyone was just sitting in there and a half waiting for Argentina to come. It was it was quite bizarre. Particularly given that you were playing Argentinos, not uh, you know you weren't playing Vélez or no. Boca or Rosario, you might be you know almost expected to perhaps play it easy the first half hour. Yeah, size the game up first. We're not talking about a team who played total football. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah. I agree. Did, I think, did you go? I did go. Yeah, I think what I saw more than anything was just a complete disparity between what the what the coach wanted to see and what the players clearly intended because they just looked content to hang on there were so many long balls just from their own half and everything it was a lot of them might know they might be on their way at the end of the season and well you think so like trying. yeah I know um, there's a couple of players you could single out who probably don't have much of a future in, in Racing uh, Lucas Leached really got both barrels from the fans because mm. he turned in an absolute shocker and I'd be surprised if he stays Alcides had a poor season Alcides had a very poor season and he was very poor on, on Sunday against his old club of course he's he's remembered very front, fondly there he was fantastic he wasn't there to win them the league I think because he left that January that's right but yeah. still he's kind of yeah he's scored a lot of goals there and he's remembered very affectionately Toranzo has, has just been abysmal every time I've seen him yeah I think there's a lot of those players you know these, are, these people that have been there kind of Two years, eighteen months, which doesn't sound like much, but in Argentina, it's actually feels like a lifetime. And yeah, I wouldn't be very surprised if you see kind of seven, eight players leave in yep. the you know midterm. Oh, that'll be interesting to see the uh, yeah. building something from scratch. Absolutely, yeah. But full credit to Argentina. Actually, they they played well. They're very solid. And there's one guy. I don't know if we have talked about him that much this year. Um, it was indeed the first time I've been able to see him in the flesh. Um, Pablo Hernandez, the mm. young, the young playmaker of Argentinas, very lively, very lively, and, and just yeah. a fantastic game. Kind of, he goes, he switches flanks, he goes in the middle, he'll, he'll like hassle the fullbacks, and also kind of, yeah, I think he had one beautiful free kick that either hit the bar or Saka just about tipped it away. And yeah, I was very impressed with him, and I think he'll definitely be. We want to watch in the next couple of seasons. And we still haven't talked about the, well, the the biggest match of the weekend, basically the Boca Vélez. No, it doesn't the, seem like there's so much, much to say to it. Right. No, Rocagna got sent off in the first half for Boca. Yeah. Um, and that was that was almost all that happened. It was a nil all. Um, it seemed to me like I mean I only got back for the for the second half after going to Racing and yeah the second half was not particularly enthralling by any accounts but it seems to me from what I watch you know this was two teams that were more more concerned about recharging their batteries they both had very kind of tough games midweek in the Copa Libertadores I don't know we wouldn't have said because we recorded before but they both went through Atletico Nacional with a 1-0 draw against no Vélez with a 1-0 draw against Atletico Nacional which brought them through 2-1 and Boca end up Making all sorts of hard work against Union Española, but in the end, yeah, one yeah, three two. That's the game that was happening whilst we were recording yeah. last week. So oh, yeah. we decided the time was over. And, uh, no, I think it was a, it was one of those cases where they just sort of uh, it was a bit of a stalemate where they they were especially once um, Roncalio was sent off. 
I think Boca decided, well, we'll be happy with the draw here. Vela's decided, well, we'll be happy with the draw away to Boca. And, yeah, there was very little intention to to harm the other um, other yeah. team. And, yeah, it turned into, unfortunately, yeah. Should we say about, since we're on the subject of Boca and Vela's, what the Luete Ordes has in store from this week? Yes, we should. I think right. we should, yeah. Bo- Boca playing... Boca's title is really good. It's against one of the teams that they were in the group with, the, the side who ended their almost year-long unbeaten run uh, in La Bombonera, Fluminense of Brazil. And Vélez Sarsfield are playing, uh, now help me out, guys. I'm trying to remember myself. Santos. Santos, Santos of course. Yeah, the Shady highway crack. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not a bad little I'm sure how yeah. I forgot that. <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> no, I'm really especially looking forward to that Vélez-Santos game because yeah. we've often talked about Vélez. Uh, for me this year, they're not quite playing the, the type of freewheeling attacking football that we've seen in recent years, but they've really sort of shored up their defence, yeah. I think. Um, I think that's a reaction to the fact that they lost, you know, Three really, yes. really important attacking players in Maxi Morales, Santiago Silva, and Ricky Alvarez at the start of the Apertura, and I feel like they've never been quite replaced, you know, creative-wise in yeah. Villas, but they've compensated, yeah, with a very strong defence. They play tight, and you know, the Santos team—they're they're a little bit off form. They they stumbled to an an eight-nil win mm. last week against Bolivar, which was just incredible. Yeah, so uh, well, yeah, and I think Villas are gonna. I think that we had to make a few adjustments with players missing. I think like Cubero is going to be playing in the centre of defence yeah. instead of on the right, uh, and the young Peruzzi is going to be alongside him. So okay. those, those guys are going to have to be coping with uh, yeah. Neymar and friends. So yeah, it should be interesting. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised if uh, Cubero sticks his studs into Neymar a little bit. No, a little bit earlier. Yep, it could well happen. So if you're, like, I've got a question for you two guys. If you're um, Gadeka, if you're the Vélez coach. How do you approach this game? It's a home leg, but you know, kind of, you lose or you you can see a couple of away goals to Santos, and you can pretty much rule yourself yeah. out of the leg. No, I think he'll he'll keep going with this sort of fairly uh, defensive um, setup that he's been using, and, yeah. and he'll be more interested in. I think he'd be not happy, but if he got a nil-all draw or like you know a one-nil win, is what, is what he's probably aiming yeah, for, rather than like a. Uh, two or three nil, like uh, yeah, I could see Velez being more than happy with uh, with a nil nil draw. Yeah, I, I think we'll almost see something similar to what we saw in the first leg against Atletico Nacional, a, a fairly tight um, performance and, and aiming to to possibly snatch something at figure. Yeah, definitely. We should say as well, you know, let's not uh, let's not underestimate them. They got the firepower to put a couple of goals away. They got people like um, Martinez, uh, Orbelo, Prato. You know, these um these are strikers who can score goals in most conditions and yeah and very interesting to see how Santos copes yeah. with Velez because um, yeah if you look at no the defence is not in any way uh, you know the equal of their their attack on the field you know it's yep. definitely the weak link so you know I think yeah Velez have really got to kind of push hard and do something like Barcelona did in their World Cup Club World Club Cup game you know just never never let up yeah it's no, going to be an interesting very match. interesting match yeah, yeah. as is Boca Fluminense although I was hearing earlier um, I can't be 100% that we could be we could be deprived of what would be a brilliant matchup which would be um, Riquelme but Deco because apparently Deco's not playing Deco's not playing and also Fred is, is out as yeah, well which is two big big losses for uh, yeah, I think Santiago Silva's out as well right uh, he could be uh, Leandro Somosa should be coming back which might help Boca especially given that Deco isn't going to be there in the centre of midfield mm-hmm. yeah. um, the vegetable will be there to hold Boca's deep midfield together again uh, that's Somosa for those of you who 
haven't picked up on the pun. Um, so yeah, it, it'll be interesting still, but I'd agree that it would probably have been somewhat uh, nicer to watch had, had Deco and Fred been present, if mm-hmm. only from the River Pan's point of view, because Fluminense would have had more of a chance of winning. Yeah. Do you think um, um, Lanzini will be playing? I don't know if he's... He might no, get the chance if Deco's out. That'll be interesting. I th- he, he featured in the group in one of the group matches, yeah. I think, didn't he? And, and did all right and said that it always feels like a super classico for him when he plays mm-hmm. against Boca. Um, for those who, who either aren't familiar with the name or who've forgotten, Lanzini is currently on loan at Fluminense from River Plate, um, where, where he came up through the youth system and didn't quite break in. He was trying to break into the same team around the same time as Eric Lamela came through. Um, I think he felt. He played quite yeah, a few games, yeah. Like he, he, he played at the first, start of the yeah. season, and then I think he had an in, a couple of injuries, like he missed yeah. a few. But I think, yeah, definitely the loan was it wasn't to give him first team; it was for financial reasons, mm. which made that clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. He's still very young; he's probably about twenty now. No, mm. I don't think even that. I think he was yeah, younger than Lamella. Yeah, yeah. No. eighteen, nineteen. Um, so, yeah, definitely one with the future. Yeah, for sure. As we said many times, you know. Argentina have got a chronic lack of these um, short, fast attackers, yes. you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, there's <laughs> a different need for them. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Uh, sorry, we were just waiting for uh, some squealing from the street to die down a bit before I said anything. I don't know whether it came out in the recording. Yeah. And our candle ball is no more. No, it's, 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 away and it's, it's fallen off, thank God. It was yeah. starting to scare me. Well, I can still see it on this side. It's kind of a nappy... <laughs> Black like ball of ash humour, doesn't it? Yeah. What I'm going to be doing all night when you guys leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't have any TV or internet, don't I? Yeah. <laughs> you got um, what else can we say? We, we have another midweek uh, cup game, um, which is two sides who, who, in the grand scheme of things, in in Argentine football, are only now what eight places, if that, apart in in league tables in terms of Clausura down to second division. It's River Plate versus San Lorenzo. On Wednesday night, uh, th- we should say the Boca and the Vélez matches in the Copa Libertadores are both on Thursday night. So, assuming you're listening to this on the day that I put it online, which will be Wednesday, um, it, it's tomorrow as you're hearing it. But later tonight, as you're listening, is River, River San Lorenzo in the quarterfinal of the Copa Argentina. Yeah. Um, a match for which we're going to have. Uh, I didn't see the River team. It, it was reported. Uh, today, or at least rumoured today, but it looks like San Lorenzo are understandably going to be putting out substitutes. Oh, really? Um, which doesn't surprise me, really, considering the, the situation that they're in for, for relegation. Um, River might be tempted to as well, because they, at the weekend, went top of the second division, um, or joint top, I should say, with, with Rosario Central, um, after River got a 4-2 win against... Atletico Tucumán. Thank you. Away from home. Um... And then just last night, on as we record on Monday, um, I'm stumbling over my words here without the internet to back me up. Instituto surprisingly lost 3 2 away to Boca Unidos, um, which is somewhat ironic given that Boca Juniors fans have been taunting River about the Super Clásico de la B being River Boca Unidos for the whole season, and now Boca Unidos have given River a bit of a helping hand for the moment at least. Um, so, River are. are top of the, the second division for well at the end of the round for the first time in what two or three months probably yeah and it's just unfortunate to see Instituto falling away a little bit at the end of the season I don't know if they've run out of steam or, or whatever uh, if it's starting to catch up with them the, the pressure of fighting it out with, with big clubs like Rosario Central and, and River but um, plus yeah. they've had some very difficult matches you know they had to go to River and now yeah, yeah. went to Boca Unidos who I believe are fifth mm-hmm. in the standing so yeah 
by no means an easy fix, you know. Uh, yeah, Especially there in Corrientes, it's a long way from Cordoba, you know. Yeah, uh, so it'll just be a shame if they, well, either have to, uh, they're not going to fall right out of the, the top four, but, you know, they'll probably may have to face the playoff now rather than just heading straight back. Yeah. Straight up to first division. Mm. Well, that make for a cracking match in, uh, in the promotion if they do play it, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, um, and it'll be interesting to see the, the, the pressure that those those playoff matches would would be as well. It'll be interesting to see, particularly Paulo Dybala, uh, and and how he would cope with that towards the end of the season. Um, have Ferro still in the the race? Done. We've not got the second division. No, basically everybody. The, the closest <laughs> to those guys is Quilmes, who are. Force. Yeah, they're fourth, uh, and they're about yeah, seven points back or something, and yeah. then nobody else is anywhere near it, really. So. Yeah, I, I was I was struck as well on um, last night after checking the second division table uh, to to confirm my suspicions during the Instituto game um, that that River would go top if they didn't win. And I noticed that you know we've been talking. In fact, a lot of the Argentine press have been talking for a lot of the season about how. Uh, River struggle to to click and and to kill off matches and so on, and so I was somewhat surprised to realise that they're the behind Kilmes I think by only a couple of goals the second highest scorers mm. in in the division they've, they've scored a lot more than Instituto who yeah who are, I was also surprised three wheeling units obviously I'm not trying to say that it suggests that River are a cohesive team and everything yeah. because River have got players who simply shouldn't be playing in the second division in terms of, of their abilities um, plus with River yeah else, but plus with River it's kind of a strange situation because they're a team that in a couple of cases have really cut loose you know they've they've scored seven against Atlanta yeah, and they've had a couple of fives and fours you know but it's kind of yeah there's also in that in that run a lot of one-alls you know where they've let it go and I think yeah so consistency is probably not there they're not a team that every week you can count on to score two or three I was also surprised to see that Instituto have the best defence without and they haven't scored that many goals as you'd, as you'd expect because yeah we, we do talk about the way everyone talks about how, yeah. how nice they are to watch as an attacking side but uh, it's <coughs> more based on them sort of having a solid defence and, and sort of counter attacking absolutely yeah, no. It's just occurred to me that we've mentioned the team who are top of the. Uh, indeed, we've mentioned the top four teams in in the uh, B National, but we still haven't mentioned the team who are top of the Primera. Yeah, we should mention this before Leper Dave, you know, kills um, us, sends us a leper in our beds. Indeed, yeah. We uh, we've already said that that Boca Juniors drew nil nil with Vélez Sarsfield, and what that meant was that Newell's old boys finished the weekend top of the table. Um, Clear top. Exactly. Uh, ha- having beaten uh, Union three one on was that on Saturday afternoon? Yes, that was on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, um, with with yet another very strong performance, and again the longer now that Boca stay in the Copa Libertadores, especially and, and to an extent maybe the Copa Argentina you're starting to wonder whether Newell's really could go all the way without any distractions of their own yeah I think they've got is it a two point lead now two, two points, points yeah. Newell's are on 25 <coughs> Boca 23 um, somebody's on on 22 and then Tigre and Mellis maybe on Arsenal I believe are on 22 Arsenal are on 22 well done yeah no yeah, yeah. I mean, we you definitely have to yeah. talk about him as a as, as a title hope yeah. for now that with only a few rounds left you think looking forward <laughs> considering yeah obviously uh, Boca's commitments in uh, Libertadores You'd say probably if Newell's uh, from this point, three more victories might be enough to clinch a title three out of five. Hmm. No. It's very, very dangerous to, to make predictions, as Dan well knows, but <laughs> I can see that, yeah. 
three victories would I would be surprised if they get overtaken absolutely and, and, and sure, who are they playing down in the last few matches well <laughs> this, this is where the internet yeah. would really be useful isn't it I couldn't um, say off the top of my head, I'm afraid. No, no, they, they given that there are five rounds left, I actually wanted to do a little bit of a breakdown of the run-in as well, but we obviously can't. <laughs> well, I think there still is a game against Boca, right? I, I think there might be as well. Yeah. Um, I mate, thought they played Boca for some reason. I don't think so. Hmm. If any of our listeners know whether <laughs> Newell's Hop was already played, no, don't worry. You know the power's going to come back on two minutes before the end, and we're not going to be able to correct this. Well, yeah. Probably two minutes after the end. If, yeah. <laughs> if we're that unlucky um, the, the other side of course in, in the title race that we've mentioned many many times this season and it would be remiss of us not to give you an update on is Tigre um, because with San Lorenzo only drawing against uh, Olimpo um, Tigre would have had they, they played before but they would have had the chance to, to go clear but they managed a very creditable still 1-1 draw away to Colón um, who had prior to that game the, and in fact I think still do now the best home record in the division um, before the match it was the joint best with Tigre so two really informed sides there and it was it was quite a good game to watch actually um, yeah I didn't have the pleasure of seeing it because obviously I was I was in the Estadio de Diego Armando Maradona watching Racing Fail but I think I would have rather watched that game <laughs> yeah um Colón took the lead um, if I remember rightly now of course we can't check any of the details and, and Tigre equalised through uh, Diego Carlos sorry the, the Chinaman Luna um, they also managed to miss a penalty through Diego Morales whose first name is Diego um, or rather have it had it saved um, yeah the impression I got after from reading about that game is that Tigre had more than enough chances to, to nick it mm. which so I'm guessing yeah it's a very credible result credible result credible 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 incredible credible is something that you can believe okay credible is something let's go yeah let's go for credible then very uh, a very credible result but then you know obviously they're fighting for their lives and relegation so you have you know to get three points Chino Luna has gone top of the goal scorers charts which are really um, quite poor actually I was looking at them as well I haven't noticed that yeah it's like seven seven. yeah after which is Gandin with his five penalties yeah 15 rounds is it 15 or 16 this was the no, we played 14. Yeah. 14. So that's, okay. that's one in two. That's not well, that's not very impressive for the top right. scorer. No. Well, usually I think this you tends to go to someone with 11, 12 goals. So. I'm, I'm not impressed. Yeah, sure, because normally you go to somebody who can score a hat trick once or, or a couple of two yeah. goal hauls or whatever. But I don't think one in two is a bad start. You know, before the days of Lionel Messi at least. Yeah. It's not bad for a striker, but when you. <laughs> I mean, you expect the, the top scorer in a league to, to be yeah. scoring almost at a goal a game. I'd, I'd say you'd, you'd need them to be getting somewhere over a goal a, a, a goal every other game. But I wouldn't say that one in, you know, almost one in one is... That, that's no, I think the point I was making is that there hasn't really been any standout sort of strikers in this campaign where yeah. in previous seasons we've had the likes of Strike Attack and... Yeah, Silva and Teo, Palermo. Yeah, um, but yeah, I don't know why you were laughing when he said Palermo. Rupert Fryer were laughing for breakfast. Indeed, um, his his golf scoring ratios exactly the kind of thing that you demand as a bare minimum from your exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. just don't think Dan can be happy. But no, no I'm just lamenting that it is. Yeah, lamenting the fact that we don't have such great strikers anymore. 
tumbleweed blows across the hundred <laughs> yeah. pods. We just sort of took a moment yeah. there to think about Palermo and his, his wonderfulness. And a tear came to our eyes as we did so. Well, as you know, his son is, uh, is coming through now at Estudiantes. Uh, Read one. I don't know how to say it. Is that how you say it? Read one. Yeah. It's spelt R Y D U A N. Read one. Uh, it's got to be read one, surely. I, I can't think how else you would spell it, given that it's a Spanish yeah. language that that he speaks at least. But anyway, he's supposed to be like identical in style to to a young Martin Palermo. So excellent. Should be. <laughs> Give it another couple of years, and that's know. that's the day football will return to the Premier League exactly. when, when he comes through. Yeah. Uh, have we heard anything about Read One Palermo has been in, in news sort of fairly recently? Nothing necessarily worth commenting on, but it's just making me wonder whether we've heard anything about Cholo Simeone's son at River in the last few weeks. Nothing, nothing new. I don't think um, he's, he's from what we gather a, a very different sort of player to his dad. Uh, similarly hard hitting and determined, <laughs> but somewhat more. Yeah, no. As I, I think I mentioned a few few weeks ago that I'd seen him at uh, the River, well, River underage squads training, and um, yeah, he's very much a, a striker or a, or a support striker, and um, he does have that sort of uh, arrogance about him, like his dad, but. Uh, much, much, obviously, much more creative player playing in those positions. And yeah. No, yeah. it'll be it'll be interesting to see kind of in the close season if uh, Simeone's gonna kind of commit himself to a long stay at Atletico Madrid and and be there a few years if if Giovanni kind of goes along with That's him. That's right, because he was uh, he was linked with Atletico when his dad moved there. Yeah. Um, but he's he seems pretty keen to to spend a bit of time at River at mm. least. And um, and as we know, he's got a 15 million euro. Yeah, fifteen million euro price tag. Uh, yeah, but it's family. Then. It's family. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what uh, dragging it back to the Tigre result? What that obviously means is that they haven't had the chance to capitalise on San Lorenzo drawing again, as, as I already mentioned. So they're still. Is it two points apart? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. They're still two points apart in the uh, relegation table. Um, they've they've also with San Martin and uh, Atletico Rafaela both. San Martin lost, didn't they? And Rafaela drew, um, which means it's really starting to bunch up. If Tigre had managed to win, then that, that would have been yeah, something else as well. But like plus, as we've mentioned already, we've got Banfield slipping down into it. Um, yeah, as, as you alluded to before, it's, it's you know it's been weird how they how Tigre have been kind of mm. matching San Lorenzo's, San Lorenzo's results and even a little frustrating that haven't closed that gap. Mm. But at the same time, since both are accumulating points, yeah, as you say, these other teams now are. You know, are being closed in on by those two. Mm. Very and, true. And certainly, I, I was looking at Tigres' fixtures yesterday, and whilst I can't remember um, exactly who they're playing, say this this weekend, or exactly any of the teams they've got, I'm sure, obviously, that we know they've got San Lorenzo the third last game, which yep. is going to be in two weeks this weekend. Um, but I'm sure they've got at least one or two other of those those other teams who are down and around them as well. So if they can get wins over those, they could potentially um, overtake them. Uh, and we talked about how one reason we thought it was going to be difficult for them to, to do it was was the, the depth of their squad. Like the, the, the important players in their team aren't really replaceable. But so far they've been quite lucky with that. Mm. Um, Roman Martinez and Cachete uh, Morales and yeah. Kino Luna and all these guys are. He's uh, one. Machiolo is also Machiolo. quite a few guys. Yeah. Yep. They've, they've all, all managed to yeah. sort of remain fit. You know, throughout through the season. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see the the statistics about how many games they've actually played. But yeah, I'm trying to think. Like nothing comes to mind about you know games they've missed or sure. it must be close to the full 14 so far. Hmm. Um, 
think this is your area, Sam. Is well, Roman Martinez missed, missed a couple towards the end of the the Clausura, but the yeah. Luna uh, and, and the other one, Morales, <laughs> the cheeks. Um, I can't remember either of them missing too many. No. Luna might have had a suspension at some point, but no, I think apart from Martinez missing, I think he was injured for the first few weeks mm. of the Clausura. Um, th- they've got a squad that's very much run itself into the well it's not yet run, run itself into the ground because they seem to still be going at exactly, the moment yeah. um, and hopefully they can they can keep it up because it would be great if they could stay in the division um, we've had a little I was having a little bit of a discussion on Twitter earlier with um, uh, with Arjen Previews and Rupert Fryer and a couple of other people uh, regarding this new supposed new system for the, the first division which we've not bothered to mention on Hand of Pod and we won't really go into it in any great detail because in a couple of weeks time the AFA will decide they want to do something else entirely anyway and uh, but basically it involves renaming the Apertura and the Clausura into Inicial and Final or whatever it was called and then having a, a final between the winners of each at the end of the season to decide the championship that's about the only difference it makes and the relegation system would be switched to Promedios but three go down directly without any playoffs um and I, I made the point that it, it, it's a real shame that, that you get a side I mean obviously okay it was a shame for me last year as a River fan but you get a side that was basically the sixth best team in the country in the Primera League table of the season and they got relegated and exactly the same thing or even something more could happen with Tigre this season because in the season long table they must be in the top four or five easily um, must be and, and yet they're still in the relegation zone even though they could potentially win the title this season and still end up going down if, if mm-hmm. the other sides manage to, to win enough points mm-hmm. um and, and it is a pity when, when, when the First Division loses a side that's, OK, River were no great loss to the First Division the way they were playing last year, the pressure that was getting to them and everything. Mm. They, they did finish sixth, but they weren't exactly setting the division alight. But Tigre managed to, to do it whilst playing some really, you know, maybe not pretty tiki-taka kind of stuff, but they've, they've, got, they've done it whilst going for the jugular and playing 100 mm. miles an hour the whole time, at least. Yeah, yeah it's fantastic. especially when you think that a team like Banfield could stay up yeah, and they've just been playing some abysmal, abysmal stuff. Um, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense, really. Absolutely, um, it, it, that's the, the best argument I can think of for just doing relegation the way everybody else in the world does it. Really, um, because the other thing, you know, if, if a side like Tigre go down, they're already playing far more as a team than River were last season than, than River have done this season as, as a collection of individuals. Um, if, if Tigre went down kept hold of the manager kept hold of most of the personnel they, they'd massacre the second division mm. given what a good side they are mm. um, and it would turn that into a, a bit of a no contest potentially as well obviously you know a load of other factors then come into it so I'm not saying it would necessarily be exactly yeah, what would happen a lot of ifs uh, to be fair um, but yeah I mean ho- hopefully they stay up because we like them as a team anyway they're, they're hand of pods uh, second team in the Primera let's say yeah. behind each of our individual ones which means in Australian Dan's case the, must be the first in, yeah. in, my, in my case for this year the, the first <laughs> um, do we have anything else to talk about that we can remember from the weekend gone guys no I think no. that's probably about it we fortunately uh, Australian Dan had some kind of premonition being as he is a mystic and made a note uh, of some of your questions listeners um, so we're going to bring the, the laptop or paper or whatever he's got it noted down on over now and whilst we were not going to be able to tweet you if you uh, to answer your questions if you've tweeted us in the last hour or so or hour and a half or so 
Um, we will be able to tweet those of you who, who got in there early on the hand of pod hashtag. So I'll play some music and we'll be back in a second. Fortunately for this section of the podcast, we did get quite a few questions in very quickly when Dan first tweeted asking for them. So we're going to get started with Will Burns, whose Twitter handle is WillBurns6, no spaces or underscores or anything, um, who asks, how is the lunatic with the paintball gun doing at Lanus? Um, We can only assume that that he means Teo Gutierrez, uh, largely because Teo Gutierrez is a lunatic and has a paintball gun and is at Lanus. Um, But the answer at the moment is... He's not. He had a total of two games, yeah. potentially. Did he? He played in both. He yeah, played he in, the, the yeah. in both. He came off the bench in the in the second leg, and he basically kept Ladnus in that game because he Sorry. netted the goal, which yep. took it to penalties, and he didn't take a penalty in the end. So it was a bit unlucky, actually. He looked really good, like really alive, really um, really dangerous in those few minutes he did play. Yeah, but, but now he's going to be twiddling his thumbs until the end of the season. Well, he, he said after the game that he was going to have to ask the AFA whether they would allow him to play in the league, as for instance yeah. they did with Santiago Silva, Mauro Obolo, or Boca Meles. Um, so there's a chance, but for the moment, I think we have he to assume that he's not going to be playing uh, in, in the league. He, he was allowed to be loaned to Lanús from Racing specifically to play the Libertadores and nothing else. Um, which is the next one that we're going to do, Dan? Um, this one. Uh, Ursus Arctos, um, who's what? What's the there's a number at the end of his handle which I can never remember. Um, I don't know. Who, who's who's no, fifty nine. Ursus underscore Arctos fifty nine asks what would Caruso Lombardi's name be in lucha libre? Um, I like to think it'd be El Peludo, just the hairy one. Perhaps El Pelotudo. El Pelotudo. I did a, this this like some kind of program I discovered online, which um, we can't look at it now. Or if you got it, uh, oh. Yeah, here it is. It's a Mexican wrestler name generator. Ah. Put in Ricardo Lul- uh, Caruso Lombardi, and it says his name would be Brazo Anaranjado, which means something along the lines of the arm covered in orange. <laughs> just, just the orange arm, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, the orange. The arm. orange arm. I think I like El, el Peluda better. But fair enough. Who am I to argue with that? Shall we Yeah. Um. Any well, Archibald asks if there was any chance if we could get a video of you referring to me. I think and uh, Seb Amundo and Luis Celeste reenacting yesterday's Caruso Lombardi fight. I really hope so. I think that's why Seb is avoiding the, the podcast at the moment. I, I think that we could possibly do that if we ever get round to doing a, um, a what's it called a, a video cast, cam yeah. podcast or whatever. <coughs> this is an interesting question um, from Shivam. <laughs> is yeah. His hashtag is Shivam LM. Uh, he says, "How much coverage is there in Argentina of Alwasl and the UAE league?" I'd say not so much of Alwasl, more just the Maradona roadshow. Like all his press conferences get yeah get um reported in Argentine press and his antics although, on the side of the field. Although also, if you go on the Ole website, yeah, they show the results. Play, so, yeah. There's always a live score ticker. Yeah, yeah, yeah they do talk. Yeah, yeah. occasionally above the the live score ticker for Lionel Messi's Barcelona or something, yeah. which is vaguely. 
ridiculous. Um, so almost none is the straight answer to the question, but at the same time, probably more than there should be. Yeah, uh, they like to they like to see what Maradona is doing. They definitely they, they, like Ole and stuff. Definitely have a reporter or two that covers that. So yeah. <laughs> Next up, uh, now this is a question that. that that's quite good given that we've, we've kind of discussed the top of Primera B already uh, B Nacional in France um, Chris Hanna 94 asks who do you guys think will go out from Primera B I hope Instituto do so the players don't get shot this is something that we didn't mention um, in our B Nacional discussion earlier um, after that loss to, Insti- uh, to Boca Unidos Instituto's Barra Brava um, threatened the players saying that if they didn't get promoted then they, they the Barra were going to kill them the players uh, this is the kind of light hearted banter that you get in Argentine football um, uh, first of all uh, Primera B is, is the second the, 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 the third division the Nacional B is the name for the second division um, uh, I think that we can the, the same it's tricky we get this one every couple of weeks and we've been saying Instituto yeah. will be one of the two mm. who go up automatically for such a long time and suddenly we've had it you know if anything hammered home just how close the race is with the two teams at the top now are level on points River and Central um, so it's very very tricky mm. if I had to stick my neck out I would say River and Instituto I think that they can just about pull pull clear of Central I would I'd certainly back River from this point because apart from anything else they've got such an enormous amount of experience in that squad yeah. of you know, Trezeguet has played in the second division before in, in Italy and, and managed to do all right there. Yeah. Um, and and they, they've got so many players who are so experienced in terms of title run-ins and, and promotion run-ins and what have you. So I think that's that's got to help them. Um, who of them then goes up out of uh, Central and Instituto automatically alongside them? It's going to be very interesting to see. Do those two still have to play each other, do we know? I'm not sure. Possibly, very possibly. I can't remember them playing each other this this half of the season. Uh, we'll we'll have to get back to you possibly next week with that one um, for a better answer when we've actually got the internet to look at and remind ourselves of the the fixtures and so on. Um, do you know Kevin Dan? I'm just with, with that. Uh, watch out. For mentioning Leo Madelon, or I might have to wear my purple dress shirt and punch him. <laughs> no, I don't know Kevin. But <laughs> that's just a, a reference to Carol Solombani. That's what we got. There's another threat. We've got a lot of threats. <laughs> I did ask for threats as well. Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> threats are part. Does the cop in the Carousel <laughs> have a more effective defence than Olimpo? This is again from Ursus Arctos. Um, yes. I, I'm going to say yes, he did. Uh, he certainly managed to keep Caruso from getting round him for at least 10 <laughs> seconds, which is probably more than Olimpo would have managed had, had Caruso been on the pitch on, on Saturday. Yeah, I also like the way the cop was more interested in, like, he was sort of texting or, like, getting on his phone, asking yeah. for backup, I guess. Like, he, he felt he couldn't handle Crusoe Lombardi's rage yeah it seemed like it was quite a, a situation that could have been diffused quite early yeah, with think, a cut you know, of well, in his ear I, I, it just occurred to me that one of the things that we I don't think mentioned earlier on when we were talking about it is that Crusoe Lombardi did end up spending the night in the cells um, 
Did he spend? Oh, no, no, he didn't. I don't think sure he did. No, no, he was out talking to the press yeah. a few. He spent quite a few hours in there, but okay. Yeah, yeah I think he was out. Wurzlis yeah. uh, again asks, "What's next for Teo now that London's out of the Libertadores?" Pro paintball, childcare advice. <laughs> yes, I think we've already touched on that. I believe oh, he's thinking of going on to the professional Russian roulette circuit. <laughs> Luis Pessone asks, um, Lepra Granata asks, how does Seba not have time to partake in Hand of Pod, yet does have time to perpetually tweet about Queen's Park Rangers, supposedly to their other team? <laughs> um, w- we won't make any comments on, on the Queen's Park Rangers um, fan Twitter profile that Seba has, um, but we will say that we're hoping to be able to give listeners an explanation of why Seba's not here at some point, but we don't want to do it until he gives us the okay to, and also he has to explain it to us still at the moment. He's, uh, so for now we'll say that he pulled a gun in one of the recordings and yeah. we've had to uh, remove him from us. Yes, absolutely. It was after we finished recording uh, and yeah. we're not too pleased with his performance. Right. And it was because Dan walked in with Independiente shots and yeah. this is there. And Marche shirt, that's somebody yeah. else mentioned. <laughs> right, Manny Chesterton asks, uh, yeah, I want to know how much Sam weighs. Uh, last time I weighed myself, which was a long time ago, uh, I was about 58 kilos. 58. Which I'm not sure what that, it's about eight and a half stone, I think. And I don't think I've put very much weight on since then. And how tall are you, Sam? I'm six feet. Wow. And Matt also asks, also, why do football managers have such lengthy Wikipedia entries? I think Obsessive probably fans. because probably because they write themselves to be honest hmm <laughs> yeah I guess uh, I mean also if you consider their careers can last for 30 yeah. years or something or, or longer um, especially in Argentina they go from club to club to yeah, club to club right, so yeah. there's a lot of changes to keep track of I mean, yeah. it takes, takes pages and pages so. exactly yeah then there's another uh, question from, from Luis Bessone which is, is it vaguely misogynistic <laughs> so yeah. I'm not going to read it out I'll let one of these two okay. excluding quantity which I think is obvious which teams inches pound for pound have hottest female fans for example Paso a Paso likes to show Fero girls uh, inches is the Spanish Argentine <coughs> Spanish word meaning fan base yeah. <coughs> uh, guys I'm, I'm taken I have a girlfriend um and who's in this country as well unlike Australian dance so I'll, I'll let you two discuss this uh, I don't think I I'm going to I'm going to be biased because of the fans I see the most and watch the most clearly um, the wrestling fans there's, there's a fair few fair few lookers in there so I'll go for that since they're the fans I know the most and yeah and what about the, the female fans misogyny is one thing Dan let's not bring homophobia <laughs> yeah. into it yeah. I'm going to go for racing because there is I think I say uh, river actually I'm always yeah. pretty impressed with the river girls yeah but I've got to say one in the Libertadores I think this is another case you you see um, up in Colombia you look up in Brazil Venezuela is as well even though they didn't do too much else in the, in the Libertadores they always have a fair few um, nice smiling beauties waving back at the cameras as, so I think as Australian Dan and I were discussing with Jonathan Wilson before the second match of the, the Copa America last year Venezuela has more um, or, or had before last year uh, what was it three times as many Miss Universe wins as, yeah. as wins in matches oh, in the hey. Copa America the lights has come on the cheers are because the lights have just come back on and the really good news about that is that it means we can access this weekend's fixture list <laughs> Which means that Mystic Dan can actually do his job um, uh, rather than making stuff up. Oh, we've got another question there which we haven't covered as well. I'm sure there are. Um, There's probably a few. Uh, Didier Bedini, whose Twitter handle is Didi 
MOW84 asks, is there any indication as to whether Sabella is prepared to play Mascherano at centre-back for the upcoming qualifiers? Um, we're going to find out in the next what week or so, I would think he's going to have to yeah. play the squad for the Ecuador game, isn't he? Because that's in just over a month's time. Mm. Uh, actually, I'm on less than a month's time. It's on the Two weeks, yeah. yeah, the second. Um, second of June, yeah. Uh, so we'll discuss it, I guess, yeah. when, we, when we know which defenders are going to be in that squad. But he's certainly looking at a few domestically based players, potentially. Yeah. Plus, I think recently the, the favoured lineup, especially in the last friendly, was uh, Garay and Fernandez, which worked pretty well yeah. as a unit. It's fairly kind of a green, a green combination. You know, they don't have m- massive amounts of international experience. But I don't know, like maybe um, a recall for Walter Sam- Samuel somewhere. Would he be fit now? Surely. I I think he might be out of the reckoning now. Yeah, I think he's, he's, he's sort of, he has sort of come back from injury, but I yeah. think he might be getting to an age where the risk of injury and, and so forth kind of leaves him out. You never know. No. If he was fit, he might be. Uh, any questions? Oh, yeah, lots of questions. <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's talk of um, possibly of Julian Velasquez um, of Independiente or yeah. maybe Juan Manuel Zarralde of Boca Juniors. Um, very different uh, in terms of their career trajectories so yeah. far. Velasquez is only 22 and Zarralde is 27. Yeah. Um, I think one Velasquez, or two others yeah. as well. Velasquez for me would be a step forward and in Zarralde more of a more of a step sideways so yeah. I don't know which one of them I'd, I'd rather see in the team but it, it's, it's all partly coming out of the fact that there's this sort of dissatisfaction with, with what the Europe based defenders have done so far yeah um, now that we've got the fixtures up let's just have a quick flick through who Tigre has still got to play Newell's uh, they've got a very difficult tie this weekend against Newell's Newell's then they're, that, they're away to Rafaela so that's one of the, the other sides in the promotion battle then San Lorenzo um, in round 17 second to last game they're away to Belles and then in the last game they're going to be at home to Independiente ok so they've, they've got Rafael and San Lorenzo at the two sides down in the relegation struggle and Newell's and Belles in terms of the title mm. race yeah. so not that, easy yeah um, I had a fit I, I for some reason thought they were playing one of the other relegation uh, candidates but they're, they're not doing but it's still uh, by turns a potentially big run-in for them in terms of playing two of their direct rivals and also a very difficult run-in in terms of Newells and Belles both yeah. if Belles is still in the Libertadores at that point it could be a yeah a San Lorenzo have a similar run-in actually except they're not playing uh, Belles but mm. they, they are playing uh, Newells Independiente as well Tigre of course so have we had any questions a couple uh, more questions uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. El El Fantasma, uh, whose Twitter name is Viva Fantasma, uh, as in Phantasm, but Asma, um, asks if Diego Forlan had been born in Argentina, would you guys prefer him or Carlos Tevez in the national team? Um, Forlan. I'd, I'd pick Forlan over Tevez. Basically, because he has brings. Yeah. Forlan's had a pretty bad season yeah um, at the moment I would definitely win a world if you were talking right now I wouldn't pick yeah. either of them no but I think if we're talking about kind of styles I think Forlan would definitely bring something yeah. to Argentina that they probably don't have at the moment you know some more kind of a cooler head in attack who can spray the ball around you know 
You can, well, you see exactly how he, he combines with uh, Cavani and Suarez at international level. Mm-hmm. You can see something like that. Oh, Cavani would be a good one. That's what they need. Cavani would be fantastic, yeah. If, if we're talking or about Lugano, probably yeah. more. <laughs> if we're talking about giving Uruguayan citizenship. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'd take Lugano, I think, out of everyone. And maybe yeah, Diego Perez. I'd like to see him smash a few people in. I love the Uruguayan team. They're such fucking bruises. <laughs> yeah, they're mad. mad they are, yeah. Uh, okay, do you want to do your... Yes, so yes. we shall yes. now uh, take a very <laughs> short break, play some, some theme music uh, for Mystic Dan, and we'll be back in, what, 20 seconds or so. Mystic down. So these are coming straight off the top of your head now. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to want these noted down at the end. Ah, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> okay, so we've got uh, Argentinos to win away to Godoy Cruz. Newells to beat Tigre. Tigre at home there. We've got Estudiantes to beat Banfield away. Old Boys to beat San Martín de San Juan. Uh, San Lorenzo to beat Unión. Independiente and Olimpo to draw. Vélez to beat Belgrano. Colón to beat Rafael away. Boca to beat Racing. And Arsenal to beat, to draw with Lanús. <laughs> How many draws was that? Yeah, it was only two, that's why I had the draw at the end. Excellent. Um, standout fixtures for this weekend, obviously Racing Boca. It's a classic card, Tigre v Newells is going to be huge on Yeah, Tigre, so Tigre Newells is pretty exciting. Mm. Aside from that, I think, yeah, San Lorenzo vi- visit to Union. It's not going to be a particularly pretty game by any any standards, but it's a fascinating one because I think Santa Fe is a very difficult place to win, and obviously San Lorenzo need to win. So I think that could have some potential. If mm. not, it's not going to be a spectacular game, but it's going to be, it's going to be one to watch. It's going to be fascinating. I think Arsenal Lanús could be uh, surprising as well. Two teams who who've mm-hmm. scored a, a few in the last couple of rounds. Um, yeah. So this is the. And yeah, to to go back over the because we didn't quite get the points totals right at the start of the show when we didn't have the league table to look at. We were, we were pretty uh, much. Yeah. We were we were right in terms of the margins, but not in terms of the point tallies. Uh, Newell's this is all after fourteen matches, of course. Newell's have uh, twenty eight points at the top. Boca on twenty six. Tigre and Arsenal on twenty five. Belas in fifth on twenty four. All boys sixth on also on twenty four, just behind on goal difference. <coughs> so that's your sort of title chasers uh, really and if we can switch the relegation Olimpo are all but relegated They'll, as we said last week the same applies this week they will go down if they don't win this, this weekend and if certain other sides do Tigre are in the other automatic spot but not very far at all behind San Martin de San Juan no, and San Lorenzo in the San playoffs um, both Atletico Rafaela and Banfield and Union really are uh, just above those playoffs and in serious danger of dropping into them with a with a loss um, it, there's quite a bizarre situation as well where Olimpo I think it was Olimpo that I was working out yesterday on, with a calculator can't overtake Tigre or San Lorenzo anymore 
that they can overtake San Martín and Atletico Rafaela mm. because of the fact that San Martín and Atletico Rafaela have played fewer games, have fewer points, being divided by fewer games and so on. Okay. Um, this is part of the ridiculousness of the promedio. <laughs> uh, Olimpo cannot overtake the team directly above them in the promedio, but they can overtake the team four places higher than them. <laughs> um, it's, it's all very, very stupid indeed. It's simplified <laughs> by the fact that Olimpo aren't going to overtake anybody at all. Uh, no, it's all a bit academic here, but... Um, but still... Uh, I think, gentlemen, that that means that we can stop recording um, for another week at least. Unless either of you have anything to add? No, I'm just happy to have light back. I feel I'm very happy to have light like back. we've come forward about four centuries. Yeah. I won't have to walk down four, 13 floors. Touch wood. Absolutely. So, yeah, I can't, you know, I'm just happy for the small pleasures enough. Yeah. I think that's what we got to do. Absolutely yes. Um, so for the, for the for the moment we shall wrap up. Uh, thank you very much as ever for listening and for sending in your questions. If if you did, uh, we apologise that we haven't been able to get all of the questions um, answered, particularly this week, but also in the last couple of weeks we've had a couple that haven't shown up in the list of hashtags for, mm. for some reason and I've looked afterwards on when I've got home and they have been hashtags and everything so and sometimes they're stupid questions as well yeah, yes we're uh, looking at you Ed Ed, Ed Malley <laughs> is, is the, the main culprit with that one you didn't um, send any this week and I think, I think maybe he's learning if you yeah. haven't got anything clever to say don't say anything at all absolutely uh, but for now uh, it's goodbye from Australian Dan bye bye goodbye from English Dan goodbye and goodbye from me goodbye